Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Tuesday, May 17th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga. Paul Hoynes is off today, and so I'll be uh, handling most of the duties for this episode. And I just wanted to get into uh, a couple of different topics here. Uh, we've been talking with our subtext subscribers uh, back and forth about Aaron Savali, about James Karinchak, a uh, number of different players and situations here with the Guardians. So let's, uh, let's dive into that. Uh, yesterday's news, the Guardians were off on Monday as they prepare to open a quick two-game series with the Cincinnati Reds beginning Tuesday night at Progressive Field. Uh, but prior to that, they announced that they had acquired uh, right-handed pitcher Johan Ramirez from the Seattle Mariners in exchange for either cash considerations or a player to be named later. Uh, Ramirez was immediately optioned to AAA Columbus, uh, and in order to create a, a spot on the 40-man roster, James Karinchak was transferred from the 10-day injured list to the 60-day injured list. Now, Karinchak is still uh, rehabbing and, and working on a, a back injury, a shoulder injury in his, his, his right uh, upper back the Terrace major muscle, I guess it's, it's one that's the, the guardians fans are familiar with over the last few years. Uh, Mike Clevenger famously uh, had the injury uh, and he worked through it back in 2019. Uh, and a couple of other uh, players have, have suffered uh, the injury. Most notably um, Shane Bieber worked through a, a similar injury uh, during the 2021 season. But for Karachek, a guy who you know lives and dies with his velocity, his location, and his his curveball. Uh, you got to be careful with this this terrace major injury because this could develop into something that that could be a, a long time. Uh, you know, sort of you, you don't want to see it develop into anything that needs surgery. So Karen Check, uh, you know, the, the injury occurred or was first noted in in spring training. He hasn't uh, made his way. Uh, this way towards uh, towards Ohio yet from Arizona. Uh, that was what was supposed to happen uh, before the COVID outbreak last week in Minnesota, but they they sort of put the brakes on that, uh, not wanting to bring Karen Check around uh, the club or any of the coaches, uh, you know, to, to risk any sort of infection there. But in the meantime, Karen Check has been out in Arizona. He's progressed to throwing off a mound. Uh, there's the, there's no reason right now with the way the Guardians bullpen is pitching to necessarily sort of rush Karen Chak along. Uh, but they, they've acquired uh, 
this this right-handed pitcher Ramirez, Johan Ramirez from Seattle. Let's let's talk about him for a, a few seconds here. Uh, Ramirez one and zero with a seven point five six ERA. He's walked six and struck out ten in seven relief appearances for Seattle this season. Uh, he was designated for assignment on May thirteenth, uh, and and that gave the Mariners the opportunity to seek a trade partner for him. Uh, generally, these these cash cash considerations. Uh, usually work out to the other team just basically covering the the balance of the guy's salary or what the the um, the trading team has has already paid him this year. Uh, so Ramirez is going to get a shot to to head to AAA and and pitch there and and see if he's uh, somebody who fits with the program or fits with the system with Cleveland. Uh, Dominican uh, native, twenty seven years old. Made his major league debut back on uh, in Jan in July of 2020, and spent parts of what three seasons with uh, with Seattle uh, pitching between Seattle and Tacoma. He was a Rule Five draft pick from Houston, so that's where his roots really come from the the Houston organization, and we know how Houston develops pitching. Uh, Rule Five draft pick uh, in in 2019, and uh, spent the the season with Seattle uh, then. So Karen check uh, moves from the, the uh, 10 day injured list to the 60 day injured list. So there's really no sort of timetable or, or need to rush him right now. You've got Trevor Steffen, you've got Nick Sandlin, you've got Sam Henches, all of whom are able to set up Emmanuel Classe in the seventh, eighth innings. Uh, you know, Tito looks like uh, the, the plan is to continue to pitch Brian Shaw, maybe in some, uh, non-leverage situations until he figures some things out. Uh, and, and you've got Anthony Ghost there. They're going to pitch him, uh, I, I'm assuming, either only when they're ahead by a lot or, or trailing by a lot. But uh, the bullpen looks like right now it's, 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 been, it's been pitching pretty well. It's ranked seventh in the American League in ERA. There's a, a lot to like about what's going on uh, with the bullpen, particularly with Stefan and Hentges. And the way they've developed, uh, you know, I've, I've said it a couple of times here on the podcast and, and talking to, to Hoinsey, uh, you you knew what you were in for with Henches and and Stefan when you had them for their rookie years on the the roster last season, and you would pitch them, you know, in the early early stages of the season, you tried to protect them as much as possible when you could, and then later in the year, you gave them more. Uh, leverage situations and they they sort of proved that they could come through it and now you're seeing the you're seeing that pay off uh, in the early part of this season with particularly with Stefan but Henches as well I believe the stat is Henches in in 10 of his 12 outings he's he's not allowed an earned run uh, Stefan's even better than that he's been he's been lights out the development of Stefan's split finger uh, his, his splitter is uh, a dangerous weapon out of the bullpen. You know, we've talked in the past about Karen Jack's curveball and Class A's cutter. Well, uh, you know, Stefan's splitter is now sort of the it pitch for that that um, uh, Guardians bullpen. And you've got Sandlin you throw into the mix there. He comes in and he's very effective against righties and lefties, uh, and particularly with his ability to throw his slider uh, from that three-quarter slot. He's he's been he's been really effective and, you know, he gets on top of you a little bit. I think uh, 
most guys are surprised you see a, a side armor come in you're not expecting you know 94 to 96 miles an hour with that that peak fastball and that's what Sandlin gives you he he, he gets on top of hitters late in games and uh is is able to get through it so the, the bullpen pitching pretty well they've added johan ramirez as an option uh, they've got Anthony Castro, who's a, a guy who's who's been back and forth between AAA and uh, and the the Guardians roster as well. Uh, just a lot of different uh, directions they can go to get guys out uh, when they need to. When they're ahead, uh, it's that's when they're scoring runs. Uh, over the weekend, uh, scoring runs was was a struggle on Sunday in a three to one loss. As Jose Ramirez's solo home run was the only run that the Guardians scored. But uh, let's let's talk for a little bit about uh, James Karinczak and even when he does get healthy, where he might factor in to this bullpen. Uh, right now, I think you've got to look at Karinczak as a, a luxury. If you get him back at any point this season, pitching effectively, uh, he could be a guy who uh, his, his greatest weapon is that, that ability to strike out a hitter at, at any point. Uh, I know Tito was fond of, once they instituted that rule about the extra innings and placing a runner at second base, Karinczak was the guy that you like to have out there with a, a runner on second base and nobody out to start an inning because Karinczak was the guy most likely to be able to get you a strikeout at any point. Uh, Class A's stuff is overpowering, but his stuff also... Uh, is it, it, you know, it's coming hard, you know, it's coming, you know, fastballs. And if you time it up, you can put a ball in play against Emmanuel class a uh, there's uh, you know, he did, he did develop his slider later on in the season last year. And that's what made him so effective as a closer. But uh, if, if you're sitting fastball on class a, you're going to be able to put a ball in play. And with a runner at second base and extra innings, uh, he's a guy that, that you can move a runner over to third, get him in without even getting, uh, a, a base hit. So uh, Karen checks the guy that, you know, you want to have as a luxury in those sort of situations where he can get a strikeout and, and get you to the point where you can escape without allowing that, uh, you know, game winning or game tying run to, to come in from second base. It's, it's sort of, uh, you know, nice to think about that, that, that curveball. We did see a sort of a precipitous drop off for Karen check after Major League Baseball came out with the the ban on the sticky substances and the inspections of the gloves and the pitcher's hands and hats and everything last year. Uh, that's sort of when we saw the the decline in effectiveness for James Karinchak. And, uh, you know, we don't know how how it has specifically uh, affected his curveball, but definitely his fastball and his location and and really a mental thing. You know, if uh, if you were a pitcher that was was relying on uh, you know some of those those other means to to sort of grip the baseball or to make your curveball more effective. Uh, you know we, we we've we've seen guys like uh, New York ace Garrett Cole go out there and, and you know he's had meltdowns before as well after the sticky stuff was banned. Uh, so it's not an uncommon thing. It's uh, you know not something that uh, you know we we've particularly been directly uh, knowledgeable of in terms of, you know, was James Karinczak doing something like this, but, uh, you know, to, to see the way that he has uh, worked his way back in terms of last season, he went down to AAA 
uh, spent some time not throwing and just sort of working through mechanics, not appearing in games, just working on mechanics to, to get himself back to a, a spot. And then, and what made one appearance in September before the end of the season. And, and really we went into spring training, not knowing what James Karinchek's future was going to be. I mean, this was a guy who was going to be the, the, the ultimate setup man for Emmanuel Classe. This was a guy in the off season, if he could have had things figured out and been right physically, you know, gives the guardians that one, two punch at the back end of the, the bullpen. Now that role has sort of been taken over by Trevor Steffen and Trevor Steffen and Sam Henches both uh, have, have been incredibly effective in that role. So I, I think it's, it's interesting to see what will develop with Karen Jack. Anything you get out of him at this point uh, for the rest of the season, I think is, is extra and, and helps, but uh, you know, and, and maybe, maybe you try to turn him in and flip him and include him in either a package for a trade or, uh, you know, if, if another team is, is, is curious about him, maybe they can work with him uh, as well. But uh, James Karinczak, uh, a guy that uh, still has a lot of question marks remaining for the Cleveland Guardians, and, and we'll see where things go from here uh, about his effectiveness in the future for the Guardians. Uh, other news and notes, we've, uh, we've got the Reds in town. The Reds are coming off of uh, a curious game. Uh, they threw a no-hitter and still lost the game to Pittsburgh on Sunday. I think, uh, you know, we, we talked about it in yesterday's podcast and just uh, Hunter Green, their, their outstanding rookie, uh, that we will not see him on this, uh, this quick two-game uh, series. Uh, we will see Zach Plesak taking on uh, Connor Overton. Uh, Overton, 1-0 with a 1.59 ERA, uh, a right-hander for the, uh, the Reds. But in two games uh, back in Cincinnati, uh, you know, less than ideal conditions, but uh, the, the Guardians handled the Reds. Their, their offense doesn't really have a lot of punch. As of right now, uh, Joey Votto still not in the lineup. He's working his way back after a, a COVID injury list uh, stint. But you've got the Guardians. They, they lost the, the most effective hitter uh, prior to the weekend was uh, Josh Naylor. And he wasn't in their lineup. He missed the entire Minnesota series uh, there. Uh, and that was, you know, a, a place that Josh Naylor didn't want to go back to anyways after, uh, you know, reliving the memories of his uh, horrific injury in uh, the outfield there at Target Field. But uh, Naylor could be back at, at some point, uh, you know, maybe by the weekend. Uh, and, you know, Terry Francona is still out. Uh, Carl Willis managing uh, tonight's game uh, for certain as we head to progressive field, uh, the Reds went on to lose, I believe after that meeting in, uh, uh, in, in early April, uh, those two meetings at, at, uh, great American ballpark, the Reds went on to lose 18 of 19 games. Uh, from there, they, they pretty much cemented the fact that, uh, they're, they're one of the most hapless teams in, in baseball. Uh, so that makes today's open, uh, series opener and, and tomorrow's, uh, you know, quick two-game series finale. Uh, mo mostly, I think they're most must-wins for this uh, this Guardians club. I think you've got to win these games. As you you win these games, and then you head into the weekend uh, after an off day, you've got Detroit for three games, and that opens your season series with the Tigers. And the Tigers are struggling right now, and they're scuffling. And you know, Javi Baez, uh, you know, uh, 
might have might have strained a, a hamstring last in last night's game. Uh, there's there's a lot of opportunity here to to get on a little bit of a roll to grab some momentum. Uh, you've got Detroit this weekend, and then after a, a quick stop out in Houston, you've got Detroit at their place uh, again next weekend. So opportunities there uh, to maybe win some some games and string together some some wins, uh, particularly if this Guardians. Uh, pitching rotation gets going. You've got Zach Plesak going tonight. Uh, you've got Cal Quantrill uh, going in, in Wednesday's ballgame. Uh, Quantrill's been excellent. Plesak's been up and down. Uh, and then Friday, you get to Aaron Savali, who's, who's been a bit of a question mark. He's been a bit of a, an enigma uh, early on this season. Uh, in his last four outings, he's given up uh, six, six, four and six earned runs in those outings. And that's, uh, you know, not what we're used to seeing from Aaron Savali, the, the, the command and the, the, the execution of, of pitches when he needs them has not been there uh, with the exception of that game against Toronto, where he was excellent striking batters out. Uh, yeah, I believe he had eight strikeouts in the game as a season high for the, the guardian staff. Uh, Savali has been a big question mark. So we're, we're looking forward and looking ahead to, Tuesday's game, uh, I'm sorry, Friday's game, uh, and and just what we're going to get out of Aaron Savali in that opener against Detroit. Uh, but again, that brings us back to tonight, uh, Tuesday night, the series opener against the Reds. I, I think it's a game where the Guardians, it would be highly disappointing if they did not come out and and at least, you know, you've got Fran Mil Reyes hitting at home where he's about 300 batting uh, average points higher uh, at home than he is on the road. So you can get him going. You can get, uh, you know, Jose Ramirez feeling comfortable after a, a home run on Sunday. And and Andres Jimenez, who's probably the hottest hitter in your lineup right now because Josh Naylor had to sit out three games. Uh, Andres Jimenez is a guy who's, who's slugging over 600 over his last three or four games just based on, on the fact that he's, he's seeing more pitches and he's, he's driving the ball now. Terry Francona uh, has, is very fond of saying uh, a guy like Andres Jimenez is a young kid who, uh, you know, we like to see him grow into his power. And it's a phrase that we've heard Francona use quite a bit. Uh, Francona growing, or, uh, Jimenez growing into his power. Uh, we, we saw it in Minnesota, a couple of doubles, uh, home run, uh, being able to drive the ball to right field. We don't want to see him drive the ball, uh, you know, in, exclusively pull the ball but you've you're definitely going to see him uh in, i believe in, in chicago you saw him hit a ball out to left field uh on a on a pitch that was down and away and he, he drove it so uh, a guy like andres jimenez if he gets going in the bottom of the lineup you've got a ahmed rosario a couple of three hit games in the last week uh, ahmed rosario a lot of fun to watch this is the time of year uh, if you look, go back to last season, uh, the middle of May is when Ahmed Rosario really sort of picked it up and put things together at the plate and started, uh, you know, collecting hits in bunches. You know, Ahmed Rosario is a guy who you look up and he's got three hits in a game and you're expecting a fourth and you're expecting a fifth. Uh, it's happened more than once. So uh, we'll we'll dive into uh, Rosario this week and we'll, we'll see if he's able to, uh, to, to sort of continue 
what he did last season, uh, this season starting in May, and, and get going from there. Uh, that's going to wrap it up for today's edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga. I will be back with you again tomorrow, and we'll talk to you then.